week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 26. We're going to spend some time today talking about recruiting. We've got a, a unique opportunity here to uh, talk about a couple of things that I think are really important for our coaches and players uh, to be thinking about as we uh, uh, head into this next couple of weeks. We wanted to talk about that. But first, I want to talk about Cleat It Up FP. Cleat It Up FP is our presenting sponsor and our partner. Um, they are an app for your phone that solves all your communication needs. It's free, and it will give you the opportunity to solve all your uh, uh, communication issues, whether it's player-to-player, coach-to-player, team-to-team within an organization. also allows you the opportunity to share uh, videos and, and uh, good news and highlights and things like that with family and friends. And so check out cleatedup.com. FP is going to solve all your communication needs. So, Don, uh, we've been talking now for a couple of weeks about how uh, the coronavirus and all this stuff has kind of changed the landscape of sports. But I think sure. as we talked about on uh, our last episode of Everything Fast Pitch, what we want to do is see this challenge as an opportunity. Right. And um, for our coaching friends and our players that are aspiring still to play college softball, what this uh, uh, lull in the uh, competitive schedule has done is it gives us an opportunity to really work hard on uh, creating the lines of communication, on uh, getting in touch with and staying in touch with the college coaches at the schools that we're going to be interested in. So if I'm a player, this is a great opportunity for me to be sending out those emails, to be making those phone calls. Obviously, you're not sending a schedule right now because we don't know for sure when we're going to start playing again. Right. But to make sure that we're keeping that line of communication open. But not uh, having time is not the excuse anymore. Right. right. We're, we're certainly not too busy to spend a little bit of time working on those emails. And so this is also an opportunity because we're not going to just be sending schedules and asking them to come watch us play Maybe it's time to take a little bit deeper dive, to ask some questions, to share a little bit more about yourself, to let that college coach have a much clearer picture of who you are, what you're about, and all the different things that you're interested in. The story I tell all the time is when I was a college coach, there were two types of kids. There were the kids that when they said their name, I knew exactly who they were. Yeah. And there, there were kids who when they said their name, I had to like really dig deep and search yeah. um, you know, my memory and sometimes even had to go back and you know, look through my files or look at the computer um, to, yeah. to make sure that I knew for sure who it was. Obviously, if it's your goal to play in college softball, uh, to be a college softball player someday, you want to be the player that when uh, you say your name, familiar, that coach knows who you are. Yeah. They know your story. They know what position you play. They probably know what graduating class you are, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And if we do that, um, we're going to be that much further along in this process. But there's no way for that to happen by accident. We'd like to think that college coaches are going to come looking for us. Don't leave it to Uh, luck. um, No matter what kinds of resources you're using, even if you're using like a recruiting service or any of those kinds of things, it still doesn't mean that those college coaches know you. And so we want you to do everything you can to open up those lines of communication and make sure that that college coach knows everything that they can know and possibly would want to know about you. So what's in a good email? Of course, it's going to have the pertinent information that a college coach is going to be interested in, but it also has to have something that's going to connect, right? something that's going to pique that college coach's interest. Um, For those of you that have already been in contact with coaches and have already kind of started the initial process, um, it's time for you to take a a much more in-depth approach to it. The one thing that I think sometimes gets lost in in the shuffle is that college coaches are people too. If you can connect with them personally, if you can be interesting, if you can um, show that you're interested in them, 
You know, I think that's going to go a long way. And one of the things that I think is most important. So, you know, one of the things that uh, we've always talked about and we talk about in our recruiting seminar, which is on our fastpitchprep.com website, making that personal connection is a, uh, is a crucial part of this whole process. You, know, you have to show that college coach that they can't live without you. Right. And that idea of, um, well, how does that happen? By, you know, building that uh, uh, foundation, by building that connection. Uh, and I think an email is a great place to start. And for the players that are of the age and in a position where they can make phone calls, you know, now's the time for that to be happening too. No, I think that's wise advice, Tori, for sure, because, uh, again, we've got time to at least develop a plan. Right. One of the things we talked about uh, uh, last week on the Everything Fast Pitch podcast is the kind of wild, wild west feeling we have right now thinking about what the next few years of college softball could potentially look like. You know, we talked at length about the uh, potential... Um, complications that could come from the NCAA allowing the players that are currently on college rosters the opportunity sure. to to add another year of competition. As I said then, I'll say it again now, I think it is absolutely the right thing to do for the kids that are in school right now. It is sort of a ray of hope and an opportunity for them to look forward thinking about what could potentially happen. And even though some of those players might not take advantage of that opportunity, I think for them, knowing that that opportunity is out there is going to give them hope and, and give them a reason to, they get to change their uh, their attitude from, I can't believe they took that away from me, to, look, they've, they're, they're giving me the opportunity to continue. But what that means from a recruiting standpoint is that this whole thing has turned what is already a complicated and, and challenging process, and it's added a whole other layer of potential challenges. Players, I think, might be worth our while just to kind of put you all into some categories. So there's kids right now that have already signed. I think for those kids, you know, they have a certain level of comfort in knowing that their scholarship papers are signed and they're all set for next year. Um, But for those kids, I think you should still be communicating with your college coaches. Um, Certain schools, I think, are going to have a lot of players take advantage of this opportunity to come back. And so far, from what I've been seeing on social media, it seems that the teams that thought they were national championship contenders, players who were really thinking of a trip to Oklahoma City, teams that were really anticipating having a chance to do big things this year, that they've got a pretty high percentage of players that are saying they're going to come back. Have not done the math, but I'm just going to guess about 75%. That sounds reasonable. And then um, I have not seen too much from kids from smaller schools saying whether they would or would not, but obviously that's not going to make the same splash. You know, when Miranda Ellis, who was probably a strong player of the year candidate at Texas says, oh, I'm coming back for another year. When she announces it, you know, that's going to get headlines in all the different places where we talk about softball. When, uh, you know, players at Arizona and Oklahoma and Florida and those places start talking about coming back, we notice that so much more. But for all our players that are signed, I think they're they're on solid footing knowing that their scholarship is going to be there. But I think you should still be communicating with your college coach um, there's nothing wrong with you being a little bit nervous. What does this mean for you? Um, you know, what's it going to mean for the level of competition? You know, you were going in as a freshman, thinking that you were going to have a chance to, you know, maybe compete for a starting spot or have a chance to, you know, to to have a significant role. And now all of a sudden, you're looking at it, thinking, well, that player that was supposed to be leaving is coming back, and everybody else who could come back is coming back too. Sure. So for those players, I think communication is important. You know, getting in touch with your coach is important because I think it will put your mind at ease. It will give you an opportunity to you know to keep that uh, line of communication open, and honestly, maybe to have a chance to have a you know an in depth discussion about well, coach, what are some things you think I could be working on now? You know, I've got some time, 
and I want to you know, give myself every opportunity to make that impact next year when I get there. What are some things that I could be working on on my own? That this is a, a, an interesting situation and a, a different kind of situation, so I think it's uh, something that the college coaches are going to be more receptive to having those kinds of conversations. I think for players that are committed, so that next group of kids, so the kids that are juniors right now um, or um, seniors that are committed that have not actually signed their scholarship paperwork yet, I think you need to be having those conversations and opening those, making sure that you're communicating with the college coaches that you are committed to or that the schools that you're planning on going to, um, because I think that you want to have some reassurance that what you think is happening is still happening. Um, And there's just no nice way to say it. Um, If if you're somebody that is not signed yet, um, I think you want to know for sure what your coach is thinking. I think it's important for you to know. And it's stupid to sit there wondering, well, what does this mean? What does this mean when you could ask the questions? Or assuming that yeah, everything's yeah. good. Yeah, if yeah. You, and, and you know that old thing about assuming things makes an ass out of you and me. Yeah. You know, well, the being in the dark, not knowing what's going on doesn't help anything. You know, I think for those players, it's important that they be communicating. Now, for the kids that have really not made a decision yet, that are still weighing their options, that are still trying to you know, stir up interest, whether you're a junior or sophomore, whatever you know, age on down the line, for those players, I think this is a great opportunity for you to start to build that connection and to convince that college coach that you're somebody that they need to have. That's something, no, and, and again, too, this is where we've got time. We need to be uh, planning and preparing and, and researching, looking at schools, finding out, you know, we've got some students who said, hey, I've been uh, contacted by School X. You know, what do you know about them? And I'll say, well, I might know a little bit, but if you dive in and really start researching, looking at their website, looking at their um, previous seasons, looking at the coaching staff and how long they have or haven't been there, and you know, it gives them a chance to really take a hard look at some of the schools that might have shown interest in them too. Right. Well, and I think it's also important because it's it's a player's opportunity to make that impression, and I think that the the harder you work to craft a good email, to show that you're really interested in a school, to include some things that make a personal connection. You know, I think that that goes so far in building that relationship with that college coach. And now the college coach has got you know, a lot more time on their hands right now than they would normally have this time of year. And obviously, they've got real-life things that they're dealing with and stuff you know, that all of us are dealing with now with you know, quarantines and, and uh, not being able to find toilet paper at the grocery store right. and stuff like that. Coaches are always coaching, and college coaches are always recruiting. Yep. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, whatever level you're coaching at at the college level, you're always recruiting. They want to leg up. And so it's important that you know, we take advantage of that and just the nature of coaches, college coaches, to make sure that we're tapping into that and, and sharing and communicating and getting after it as much as we possibly can to build, keep building that bridge. So depending upon where you're at in the process, I think you've got different kinds of challenges but we, you know, we've talked a lot about different things that uh, all come back to communication. And Tori, we're given little bits and pieces about a good recruiting strategy here. But uh, on the website, the, the seminar that you've created is a really good starting point for people to grasp exactly what they need to be doing. And there's four sessions on there. Each of them have a different topic and different uh, focus. But all of those, uh, all that information is really a really good basis for people to kind of initiate this plan. No, I appreciate that. But yeah, so you can check out our online recruiting seminar. It's at fastpitchprep.com. And it's uh, very affordable and I think it's very useful information. And I think it is a a roadmap that you can follow as a player and a parent that's going to help you make 
the best impression you can and, and make the most of the opportunity. Now, for our coaching friends, I think you know this new recruiting landscape is important for you to be navigating and helping your players with. Again, you know, as we mentioned earlier, depending upon where the players you're coaching fall in on this uh, range of potential kids, you've got different things that you need to be paying attention to. And for, as a coach, you know, it's certainly well within your position to be communicating with the college coaches also, to be asking questions. And in some cases, I think it's easier for you to ask a tough question than it might be for a player. If you're looking at a player on your team that is committed to school X and you know, it, you know it's crucial to her, you know, it's very important to her to have a chance to come in as a freshman and have an impact or three weeks ago was sitting there thinking, I, I got a chance to be the starting shortstop next year. And all of a sudden, now three weeks later, she wakes up and she saw on Twitter that the All-American shortstop she thought she was going to be replacing is coming back for one more year. You know, I think it's important for you to help her navigate that, that challenge. And you can get on the phone and ask that college coach, okay, so what does this mean for Sally? And it doesn't have to be threatening. It doesn't have to be you know, mean-spirited. As but a it matter can, of fact. Yeah. And, yeah. and it could even be approached from the, well, I'm going to have you know, a lot of chances to work with her this summer. You know, what are some things that she could work on to you know, help her or increase her opportunities? That college coach might be honest about it, and, and, and I think he's going to be honest about it. The response might be, Coach, I hate to tell you this, but there's no way she's beating Mary out for that starting shortstop job. She's a three-time All-American or the conference player of the year or you know, our best player, our best hitter, you know, depending upon you know, what the situation is. But if, uh, if Sally wants to have a chance to contribute next year, then you know, maybe you could get her some time at third base or maybe you could get her some time in the outfield or maybe you could get her some time you know, doing something else to kind of broaden her spectrum a little bit. So maybe if she can't be the starting shortstop next year as a freshman, she still has a chance to carve out a niche on the team and be in a position to contribute. No, absolutely. I think that's great. Great thought. And, and of course now some college coaches might react negatively to it. They might think you're challenging them or, or, or whatever, but I think the vast majority of people I know are just trying to make everything about this crazy time that we're in as smooth and as successful as possible. And the reality of it is, I think, for a lot of the college coaches right now, speculating on speculation, you know, trying to figure out what might could happen. You know, there's a whole lot of maybes and what ifs and things like that bouncing around. And how can you know. we make this the best, right. what it is? And, but I think getting on the phone and asking those questions is important because right now the, the recruiting world has been turned on its ear. And the one thing that we talked about last week on, on Everything Fast Pitch, which I think is yet to be seen, but I've heard a bunch of people that I respect talking about it already that if we have an influx of all these freshmen that are coming into programs thinking one thing that's not likely to happen or might not happen, that we're going to see the, the transfer portal is going blow to be up. Loading, absolutely. And I think that, uh, you know, and that that's, that's going to trickle down into all levels. And so I think we, it's important for us now to try to get ahead of it as much as we can to have those communicate, keep that communication going, to have those conversations um, so that there's less surprises and, and more thinking in advance of what possibly happened. No, I think it's going to be fun for us to keep up with and share, right? Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to come back to the topic here on Everything Fast Pitch again in a couple of weeks uh, because I'm uh, expecting that we're going to start to see some ideas from the, yeah. from the NCAA on exactly how all these pieces are going to fit together. And again, as I said before, I think that you know, offering that ray of hope and that uh, you know, chance for those players to know that they can continue their career was a good thing to do. 
But as we've already talked about, oh, I still think it's going to be too messy, Tori. There, there's going to be layers and layers of it. And the one thing that we didn't talk about the other day that came to my attention, one of my really knowledgeable coaching friends, somebody that has been on you know, some of the NCAA committees and things like that, she believes that basically what they're going to do is like a school-by-school analysis. And so let's say School X right now has five seniors, and those five seniors add up to 4.1 scholarships. Right. So next year to accommodate one well, I'm assuming yeah, division one. Right. right. Assuming division one. Yeah. That if those five players all commit to returning, that yep. they're basically going to get a get out of jail free card for one year to be able to go over the scholarship limit. For only one year? For that year for that class. You know, so let's Instead say twelve, that yeah, four point one turns so into sixteen point one. The idea being that this is meant to protect the kids that are already on college rosters not create opportunities for new kids or different kids to move around. They don't want it to turn into, okay, we're going to give you four extra scholarships next year and then turn it into this uh, jamboree of recruiting where all of a sudden schools are you know, bringing in four or five new recruits, four or five new transfers to you know, take the, that scholarship money. The first thought that has been floated around, and I think that this is the one that I would bet on, is this idea of, creating a system school by school that's going to protect the kids that are already on the roster. So as you said that though, Tori, the whole 12 limit is to create an equal or a level playing field for all schools at that division. Right. Right. But this might not necessarily be that in that way. And for this next stretch of time, I think it's going to gigantically increase the differences between the haves and the have nots. I love the idea that uh, any student athlete is getting more help and, and financial assistance to get through university or school. Again, this is just going to get messy and tricky. Yeah, but well, I, it's not going to be a level playing field. No, no, it's I mean, it, it, because some, one one school might be at sixteen point one, and one school might be at thirteen, and one school might still be at twelve because none of their seniors want to or that they or can't, can't af- come back, or that they can't afford. Right. You know, yep. the, the other programs in the in the department too are facing the same thing. And the one thing that I saw on ESPN the other day that just made me laugh: NCAA should just fund this whole thing. You know, they got a billion dollars from the from the basketball tournament and yada, yada, yada. And people, I just want to say something, you know, when you listen to these experts on ESPN talk about the NCAA, about 99% of what they're saying is to get a quick pop and to get a, a hot take. It has nothing to do with the reality of what's going on in college athletics. The reason that we have a lacrosse national championship and a softball national championship and division one and division two and division three is because of the money that comes in from that basketball tournament. That basketball tournament, whether it's right, wrong, or whatever, basically supports every other athlete in every sport besides football. And if you're lucky enough to be at a school that qualifies for the NCAA tournament, when you go to the NCAA tournament, there is a per diem, there is expenses, there are things that get paid for by the NCAA to ensure that all schools that qualify can, can go. go. You know, we, we get all caught up thinking about, you know, these big giant schools, you know, the Floridas and Oklahomas and Michigans of the world that have all this money. But, you know, for every Michigan, there's a Michigan Tech. You know, for every Wisconsin, there's a Wisconsin Parkside. And at those schools in Division Two and Division Three, you know, they don't have an unlimited budget. You know, if the, they happen to win, right? That's and, not and, just money sitting there waiting, right? So, you, and you don't know you're going to qualify until you qualify. So that you know, money that the NCAA brings in, you know, so much of that goes to paying for those championships and for those things to happen. The idea that there's this uh, unlimited pot of gold of money 
that they can just tap into. So just picture any school in America that gives athletic scholarships. So let's say um, it costs $20,000 to go to school there. If we decide that next year your school is going to get four, four more scholarships because you've got four seniors in, that want to come back, that's $80,000. For that sport. For that sport, for that school. Right. Just think about how fast that adds up to, I mean, millions and millions of dollars without even batting an eye. Right. And before you get out of uh, a single conference, when you start to look at the spring sports, um, you know, which is softball, baseball, um, beach volleyball, track and field. Track and field has more kids than you can count. You start to add that up. We're talking about all that basketball money is gone before you can say boo. What are we going to have? A Division Two softball championship or a Division Three lacrosse championship? Or are we going to you know, try to pay for a few more Division One athletes to get another year of eligibility. That's where I'm thinking schools are going to end up having to pick who they're going to, you know, extend this extra to right. and who they're not. Yeah, and I some mean, and some schools, I think, you know, they have the money. There's not going to be any challenge. You sure, know, so those big sure. schools, if somebody says, well, okay, it's going to cost you another $80,000 to have these uh, softball seniors come back, it's like, oh, no. Stroke the check. Yeah, no yep. big deal. But, you know, just down the road at school Y, the idea of coming up with, you know, $500 more is going to be a challenge. Absolutely. And so you're going to have differences between the haves and the have-nots. It's just going to be gigantic. So, um, But we're going to save the rest of the discussion about all the potential uh, trap doors and, and tripping hazards that are out there for this as it sorts out. But I'm hoping here to see some clarification from the NCAA in the next couple of weeks, and then That's we'll be really able to have a much happen. more... Uh, much more thorough dive. The college coaches are already thinking about it. As I she shall remain nameless, just because I don't want to. I don't know for sure uh, how much they're <laughs> supposed to be talking about all this. And, you know, somebody who has a really, really good team every year uh, was telling me that she's really nervous about how this is all going to play out because she was just looking at her team, and if all her seniors come back, and all the freshmen who should come in in the fall show up, she's got a roster of thirty-three kids. Oh no. Wow. Which is about eight more, 10 more than she's ever had in the past. I'm still saying, Tori, this is unfortunate for everybody and we should just snip it and be done. Yeah. Well, uh, that, that's already gone. So now, uh, now we're going to get to spend a whole lot of time talking about the, <laughs> the challenges that they face. Every once in a while, somebody asks me if I miss college coaching. Right. Heck no. <laughs> Heck no. So, but, uh, so we're going to keep our, our eye on this topic, and we're going to come back to it again for sure on our Everything Fast Pitch podcast, and we'll get back into the nuts and bolts stuff of uh, on the field here next week for Coach Prep. But uh, this is just such an interesting topic that I want us to talk about it. I've also been dancing around the idea of I want us to talk about the cheating in baseball. Ooh, that would be... I don't, I don't know if that's a Coach Prep or not. So if you, if you have an opinion uh... about... Uh, um, sign stealing and steroids and all that stuff and what's worse because i got a whole lot of thoughts about that i want us to d- jump we, into too we could we could probably tell lots of stories about uh yeah all, all, all kinds stuff. of stuff so but anyhow um so don anything else this week no just excited to uh hopefully work our way through this uh yeah. you know very challenging time yeah, stay stay yeah. safe stay healthy i know it's, it's a challenging time but as we've talked about already you get to do a lot of things with this time you know, so make up your mind you're going to get stuff done. You're going to get to accomplish some different things and take full advantage of the opportunity. So that's Coach Prep episode number 26. As always, check out our friends at Cleated Up FP. They are the communication tool you need to use to solve all your team communication issues. So for Coach Don McKinley, our good friend Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tori Atchison in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio saying thanks for listening to Coach Prep. We'll talk to you again next week.